gonna shoot that dog. Why? Because it would laugh at me if I missed the ducks. Well, yes. you missed the ducks. Yeah, you're allowed you to get how many at. shots? Do you get three shots at the dog? At the ducks? Yeah, you get no shots at the dog. How could you miss? Well, that's the why ducks. Barry hates. If they're the shooting game. all over the place like this, and you miss the duck. Okay, here's what I did. Yeah, you it's can... just like the way you do with everything else in, in your life. You just go and hope that something hits where no. it's supposed to. No. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock you number seventy-three. The... No, we're gonna come back. I am this. Master Torgo. We're not. We're gonna come um, back. Who else is here? I'm Doctor Vlog. Yeah. There we go. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. And Deb. <laughs> Yay! Everybody's here to hang out. Well, except Paul. He's swimming. He's on a boat. And He's we were just somewhere. talking about duck hunt. Yeah, we were. And I was just saying that that stupid dog would always laugh at me when I missed the ducks. He never laughed at me. He always kind of gave me a, uh, yeah, the, you'll make it stare. Yeah. You'll, you'll get there. Or that, you did it. Yeah. What duck hunt were you playing? I wonder what you were playing. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, now, see, I was smart. I, I had fun as a kid, and I dismantled the light gun. Okay. And I oh, made... So it didn't work. And I made an Iron Man hand out of it. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? <laughs> Swear to God, I, I dismantled the gun and I put like a uh, lot of tape and I put the little light part on my finger and I made it so that I could, with my little pinky and, and ring finger, make uh, a thing where I could trigger the gun like that. Really? Where I could point at the at the uh, at the screen and go, pow, That's pow, brilliant. Pow. And it was fun, but it wasn't exactly accurate. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm oh, that's sure. cool. I'm sure it's it wasn't accurate at all. That's why the dog laughed at you. Yeah, the dog was evil. Because you were a horrible engineer. And yeah. it needed to go. <laughs> it was its time. <clears throat> Whatever. Well, before we get into the good stuff today, I, I, just, I just want to... I, I've been very excited about Rock Band 3 and yes. its promo. The keyboard, I'm loving it. And yesterday was the day. That the guitar is released. Okay. So the monster behind 106 or 7 buttons. Did you find it Did at you all? Pick it up? You know what? I, I went to the place. That, what's the most obvious place in Vegas to find this guitar? Fries. Thank you. Fries. That's going to be the most obvious place. What about GameStop? And Best Buy. Don't worry, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> because when I went to Fries, I got the most blank stare. From the guy in the video game area. <laughs> oh, those people can find their ass with both hands. Fries is usually a better than most. So that's why you try to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I go there, and they're like... So the guy actually checks online and says, uh, you should go to Walmart. I think they got them. Oh, man. Yeah. So... Really? Yeah. That's Boy. What so, <laughs> so I went to Game Haven, little local independent, you know, on an sure. off chance. I'd rather help them out than, you know, these other places. Okay. And he didn't have it, but I didn't really expect him to as an off shot. So then I went ahead and went to Walmart because it was right there. Of course not. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll bite the bullet. I'll go to GameStop. So I went to GameStop. Do you have the pro guitar for Rock Band 3, Xbox 360? Let me check. Let me check? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the first thing, don't. let me check that... <laughs> While I'm checking, would you like to get a subscription to Game Informer? Now, I will say, at this point, I was so annoyed with how it's gone so far right. that if the guy had asked me, did you pre-order it, I would have throttled him. That, that <laughs> would have happened. And it would have been right out of a Penny right. Arcade comic. So he says, we don't have it. You mind if we call another GameStop, see if they got it? Because I think the one on Pecos has it. So I, all right, yeah, yeah, give him a call. Thank you. So he's on the phone, and he's phoned for a few moments. They're not picking up, so he puts the phone down and goes, 
I call him Minuteman. I, I, and then it goes off and does this whole thing, like just just dismissal. I'm like, I'm out of here. All yeah. right, so um, fine. wow. Question: I Did you enough. ask him? Did it come in today? Did you have it at one point? Yeah, they, they, it was released yesterday. Okay. These pla- okay. these places are supposed to have it. Went to Best Buy. Who you figure would have it? Who was, was like, all right, this is my last one. After this, fuck it, I'll find it eventually. Right. So now, fuck it, I'll find it eventually. Because although I will say, of all the people today, strangely enough, Best Buy, aside from Game Haven, the independent, was the most cordial and knew the most about what I was talking about. They are really trying to do their best about having all yeah. the employees be they're, informed. They're much, much better. He was like, let me check the front table if it's not there. Let me see in the back. All right, because it's not in with the other instruments. The back. So now the PS3 version comes out next week, but the Xbox was released today. Mm. And so I went out. I, I, I could buy it on Amazon if I so desire. But interestingly enough, Amazon isn't carrying it, just its third-party vendors. Huh. Interesting. Even though Amazon is selling the PS3 version, so I don't know what the is going on out there with this damn guitar. Was wow. this a weird distribution problem? I don't know. Not... I don't know if it's an issue because of, as we'll get into later on, harmonics going up for sale. Uh, yeah, that could be. So that's so that that could be an issue with it. I don't know. All I know is I went out for an hour and a half to find this guitar and said, "I am tired of brick and mortar." I'm just nearly done. I was gonna say an hour and a half seems like a really short amount yeah, of time. Yeah, it does. I was like, probably, I, I know I, I could easily listen. waste two hours just going to fries and coming back home. It was <laughs> it was probably longer. I'm telling myself okay. it was an hour and a half to make so I, of actual in store time. Yeah. So I don't cry. Oh, okay, I got you. All right. I listened. I got you. Put it this way, it took me an hour and a half, but in that hour and a half, I listened to a two hour podcast. <laughs> All right. So yeah, there's my um, goddamn brick and mortar adventure. Uh, wow. it, happens, it happens more often than I like to admit that when I've tried to find that thing. In, I mean, Vegas is a big city. We should be getting these things in. Well, you know stores. that Best Buy is like reducing their inventory, their on-hand inventory in a lot of their stores. Reducing their inventory, they're reducing the size of their store. The size, yeah, their store seems to be about. Two thirds of what it was. Well, before. they've officially announced that they're getting rid of uh, a good portion of their physical media section, are like they? CDs and DVDs, because people really? are wanting quote digital and online and streaming. Oh, That's I don't the way like it is. I don't even really but, shop there anymore. But they best, seem a yeah. little expensive. Well, yeah, Best Buy, beyond being pricey and beyond the whole scandal with the election um, and um, political donations thing that they did, um, Best Buy is just. They're they're losing money, number one. And number two, they just can't seem to compete anymore. Best Buy is for the uneducated. Where <laughs> well no, no, no. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. The, Run the, that. The un the un like the people that aren't gonna look to see to find the best price. The people that are looking just to go into one place, grab something, and get out. They don't want to look around to find the best price. They don't want to look around. To find it. See, a lot of times I'll buy a Best Buy because the lazy, I, have a, I, should say. I have a Excuse Best Buy me, credit card, energy. and that way I can do like the no finance charges or whatever for yeah. like a year and a half. So I do that instead of finding the cheaper price because then I can pay it over time and I don't pay any interest and it ends up being cheaper. I see. But, we all have our reasons for where we go. We just want no, them to I have the products we want. I'm just lazy. <laughs> what, what I like is that, like you were saying, I had the same problem with books, game books, and stuff like that. I'll look oh, around for them. Especially. You can't find them. And I'll go to Amazon. And what's gotten really funny to me uh-huh. is like, 
<clears throat> if I go to a brick and mortar and ask them and they say, we'll order it for you, and I go home and order from Amazon, I'll get it from Amazon before they get it in the Yeah, Palmer. absolutely. That's and usually true. cheaper, too. Yeah. And it's just Plus, like, you don't have to pay sales tax. I, I see why, you know, the market is killing brick and mortar because... But it's just frustrating because I'm still one of those people. I like to go and... Look at it. I like browsing. I yeah. hate buying books online I I because I like browsing through the books. Yeah. Yes. Game books, especially, it drives oh, me crazy. Yes. I hate. I hate having to go off people's reviews and, right. and stuff especially like that. Especially when people that you don't know, if you don't have a personal friend that's read it or seen right. it, or yeah, mm -hmm. I can't stand that either. Well, are you ready to hear how Amazon's going to kick everyone's ass? I'm this ready. Is the latest thing. Okay, uh, my boss Kevin uh, came in <clears> and said, "Okay." You have to go and buy an Android or buy an iPhone right the fuck now, and here's why. <laughs> okay. Because Android. he has a uh, he has an iPhone and Android. he has a uh, huh? he, he has Amazon Prime. Android, yeah. yeah. Mm. Amazon Prime is their is their service where you get uh, two day free shipping. Yeah. Right. On I've seen the anything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he has this little this little app on his iPhone where he can scan something in and see immediately. Uh, what Amazon's offering it for? Oh, wow! So, wow. so it's your own personal little uh, price. He scanner. goes through. Yeah. He goes to like Costco, or Walmart, or the Albertsons or the Smiths, Excuse which me. are the local uh, grocery stores here in town. Mm. And he sees, hmm, box of Tide detergent. What is it? For five dollars or something? Bzz. Oh, look at that! Amazon's offering it for four bucks. I'll buy it right now through Amazon. <laughs> Two-day free shipping. <laughs> oh, Bam. my God. Thank you. Wow. I just save a buck. This is, And he saves a ton of money doing this. Sure. I can wait two days for it. Free shipping? Who cares? Yeah, that's like couponing. Yeah. Who cares? And I can hey, save more money couponing. And Amazon, if you're spending 25 bucks, you get free shipping anyway. So yeah. No, but two-day free shipping? But not two-day. Uh, yeah. yeah, not the two-day. But you're paying for Amazon Prime. Seventy-five True. bucks a year. Yeah. Who the hell cares if you're buying that so much stuff out of there? You're saving okay, a ton of money. You just bitched about paying ten dollars <laughs> for a freaking year thing to the GameStop card. Okay, ten dollars. But you know what? <laughs> He's hardly going to use that GameStop. card. I am going to use that because I because no, cause all, I all I the games buy you buy are all used. Are all used. And that card uh, gets you ten dollars off every used game you I'm buy. I'm not buying Fable Three for sixty bucks no. if I can buy it for fifty-five used. Or wait a few more months and get it for $40 used. You know, I don't need it right then and there. If I can wait a week, wait for the for the kids who buy it and then beat it in like a day and sell it used. There you go, Todd. Get your Rockstar uh, Super Guitar used in six months. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and 90 <laughs> of the buttons won't work. Yeah, the guitar is a little different. <laughs> I would definitely buy People that. People came out when? Like Xbox. a week ago? We bought it used. Saves us five bucks. Xbox makes a bitchin' microphone. I'm sure that the guitar. <laughs> is so yeah, if you can, if you're if you're a big shopper online, if you have an iPhone or an Android or something with that app, uh, go get the Amazon Holy Prime Michael. thing. It's a really good idea. That is if nice. I had an iPhone or whatever, I would do it right now. But I don't because I'm a luddite. You know, I heard a story about that whole scanning app. The guy who made the uh, price scanner app. With, uh, I, oh, damn it. I can't remember Fucking the detail. Because it was something about, like, he first tried with iTunes. or I, I'm sorry, with, with the, uh, the iPhone. And they, like, uh, they gave, you know, uh, iPhones, DRM, out the wazoo and everything like that. Mm -hmm. They gave it so much grief, if I'm remembering this correctly, they went elsewhere. 
and that's because because it is. It's an app where it turns your phone into a price scanner. Uh, yeah, a yeah. price scanner. Yeah, I think amazing. he went to the Android marketplace first, or after he couldn't get it through. If I remember, if, it, I, it, it, if it's yeah. the same story, I think that you're talking about. Yeah, he he ended up getting it in the Android marketplace, and the the phones that use Google's Android were using it, and then Apple's like, oh, well, we need that too. And then approved it. Okay, if maybe, I remember maybe. correctly. Yeah, I remember something because there was some store. Somebody was using it as a yeah. parable on iPhones rights management, crazy, yeah. super yeah. controlling. So, yeah, whatever. they so, have to control everything. It. And how about that? I mean, you know, have I mentioned this before? The irony of how. Apple is now the controlling, rigid yeah. monster, and mm-hmm. Microsoft is the open place where you. <laughs> right. Oh, I, you, you, nothing makes you feel older. Up wow. is down, left is right. <laughs> Dogs on. and cats living together. Mass hysteria. All right, let's just dive in, gentlemen. Let's, <laughs> let's in do it. it. News you don't give a shit about. Bum, bum, bum. Not a whole lot of it, but enough to be semi-significant. All right. First off, Nintendo filed a request with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to trademark the phrase, It's on like Donkey Kong. I heard about this. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo claims the phrase points to Donkey Kong as being a pop culture icon, which is the reason for wanting to trademark the thing. Yeah, uh, apparently the reason they did that is because they're going to use it as an advertising campaign for the return to Donkey Kong country for Uh, the Wii that's coming up soon. I'm sure they are. Yeah. But but yeah, they're yeah. trying to patent it. That's hilarious. Yeah, wow. It's like wow. trying to patent that's hot. Well, yeah. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just that is trademarked now, isn't it? Uh, well, I I don't know if it is or not, but Scotty he is an it. IP. Yeah. So you know, trademark right. that because it's pointing to that IP. I can't blame him for trying. Why not? They can't. But really, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> News don't give a shit about. If you've been anxiously awaiting the return to the horrifically chilly world that Carpenter created for his 1982 Kurt Russell, Keith David classic of The Thing, you'll have to wait a little longer. Oh. Universal has bumped The Thing from release calendar and slotted the Fast and the Furious brand extension Fast Five. Of (laughs) Which was set for June 10th, 2011 in its place. The official line is that The Thing, directed by rookie filmmaker Mathis von Helsingen Jr., uh, isn't ready. And, yes, Masters and Johnson is. It's, it's, a, it's a corporate... Uh, in charge of that? <laughs> Oh, my God. How close are we? They put a rookie in charge of I'm sorry. Of it's a... because all they have... It, it doesn't even need a storyline. They throw a bunch of flashy cars in there. Young kids who have never been in a movie before. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's and talking about who's the, the rookie director? Fast Five? No, no, no. The, the, rookie, the rookie director I'm is talking the about thing. Fast and the Furious. The oh, reason that it's been bumped. No, his, the rookie director is on the, the thing. Oh, my, and, and, my but, but your point is still there because yeah. the yeah. story is done. It's yeah. a prequel. Yeah. You already know the story. Well, they say the movie isn't ready and they're doing reshoots. On the thing. Oh, yeah. oh okay. And that Fast Five's predecessor, Fast and Furious... Did extremely well when it opened April 2009. So Universal wanted to replicate those conditions. That wasn't Tokyo Drift, right? It, it was the one after. No, that yeah, was the one after. after. I don't even it's the one where Vin Diesel returned. The one and after, all yeah. Like, oh my god, they're back together. Diesel, the, yeah. the, the original cast is back. Oh, and did the Mex- they were in Mexico for part of it? And yeah, stuff? we actually know. went to see that. <laughs> oh, that's right, we did. I forgot about that. Actually, yes, that's a decent we actually dragged wait, me to see that. Wait, shit. Why would you go see that? Because I like Vin Diesel. 
Mind you, cool guy. Yeah. Plays D and D. He does yeah. play D and D. I think he's freaking and awesome. Talks about it. Yeah. Well, my okay, my I think. He's not the greatest actor it. in the world, but Chronicles no. of Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick is like the one role that he is perfect for, and that's why I love Vin Diesel. Oh, Riddick's good. Yeah. It'd be great if he Riddick... was good in Saving Private Ryan. It'd be good if Riddick was in Fast and Furious. I might watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an animal thing. And it's just one of those it's it's I I I know why Universal is doing this, is because it's a very cheap series to make. They own all the rights outright. They can throw anybody in these roles and yeah. you know the you know the 17 to 25 crowd is going to go out in droves and see this yeah. thing it's a car movie so, you know they're making bank off mm-hmm. of these things because they're cheap as hell to make so long as they're making money <clears throat> anything with cars in it they can slap fast everybody and asks furious why do they keep doing this it's like because yep. they make the money yeah, yeah it, it comes down to the almighty dollar yeah. people, sequels well, where the money people is. watch them people see them hollywood loves well, that's the, branding with the way it's the all economy about branding. is now it's the only thing but it's always been through. that way yeah. it's it always is, been there. But branding it's been worse it's, uh, hollywood wants to give the audience something familiar okay, wolfman <laughs> versus the mummy you know, it doesn't, and it doesn't even Abbott matter. Abbott Costello versus the Frankenstein. You know, Abbott and Costello <laughs> right there. There's something familiar. And Frankenstein, that's two right there. Yeah, right. Stars were the first element of branding outside of genre. Yeah. You know, Mary Pickford was the first time Americans went to see an actor no matter what the movie was. And so whether it's star power, the, the genre, the Martin story Lawrence that's being told. Martin suit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, people, why, you know, people that, like the familiar. It's yeah, it's yeah. old. It's not a new phenomenon. Well, that's Everyone's... why her and Douglas Fairbanks <clears throat> founded Fair, uh, Pick Fair Studios is because mm-hmm. they were banking on both of their names, and that was yeah. the first time that actors had been able to do that. Go out and start their own movie studio just based on their their name recognition alone. Yeah, right? and they've done so, it ever yeah. since. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, news you don't give a shit about. Yes. Movie memorabilia auction house Julian's Live is offering bidders the chance to take home one of the battle-damaged King Koopa costumes worn by Dennis Hopper in the silver screen monster hit, the NAS classic Super Mario Brothers. Classic. Expected to go for somewhere between 400 and 600 US dollars. You could take home the following Hollywood gem. Didn't you just ask me the other day if you should put that in your queue? I, I, I did. I asked <laughs> on Netflix, and I said, "Why would you want to do that?" Because I haven't seen it since it first came out, and I was thinking maybe with a more mature mind, I might enjoy and understand what I'm seeing more. Yeah. Wow. No. 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 Not at all. No. 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 Wow. No. That's given some serious credit. Well, well, here's what the auction house is. This their description. A charcoal-colored, two-piece faux snakeskin distress costume worn by Dennis Hopper in the production of the motion picture Super Mario Brothers. Hopper played the character King Koopa in this live-action film version of the Nintendo video game. The top is marked Stunt in silver ink, while the pants are marked Hero. Costume is in fragile condition, accompanied by copy of the film. All right, okay, I'm right there. Wow. Comes with the movie. <clears throat> wow. You can't beat that for $300. $400. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can beat that. <laughs> and that's it for the shit news. John <laughs> there wasn't much. will do anything for money. <laughs> that movie was shit. So let's move in a week in Geek and Please. away from the shit movies. Thank Please. you. <laughs> At the age of 13, 
Robert Irwin bought Detective Comics number 27 from a newsstand for 10 cents. And though he and his brother collected and discarded hundreds of comics, that one issue was the only one he kept. Why? I don't know, he said. I must have just liked the cover. Well, Mr. Irwin rediscovered his copy six years ago, did not immediately sell it, even though he was offered $100,000. When another copy of the comic sold for more than a million earlier this year, he decided to make his move. That waiting's paid off. His copy has been valued at $400,000, and bids on the Heritage Auction have already reached that marker, with bidding still open until Thursday. What wow. the qualities is his version? Irwin's copy has been graded at 7.0 by He's the certified uh, guarantee company, a rating out of 10 that responds to fine or very fine condition. For people that don't know, that's the first appearance of Batman, right? That is the very first appearance of Batman. Yes. Wow. Nice. Wow. I bet the person who paid a million back a while ago is cursing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> I think that appearance of that second comic sort of devalues his. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what was that million? What, what, what but that was in a much version? better. That was in much better condition. Yeah, see, yeah. That, that was, that was like at a oh, nine, yeah. nine or an eight point five, if yeah, I remember right. Yeah. So, yeah. which makes it worth more anyway. So that's that's the the finest. What year did quality. that come, come out? Nineteen thirty or thirty something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, he kept that one comic. The rest they tossed out. <laughs> the old detective comics. Yeah. That, that that's way that, older than. He is kept older than well, and for that being that yeah. old, that's a yeah, really yeah. good condition to have that comic book. It oh, is, yeah, especially yeah. the a kid that, that read it. He kept that locked up and he just must have had sitting it covered safe. And, yeah. Well, they didn't yeah. have the covers that we do now, you know. Well, he may have had no. it in a box or something, <clears throat> untouched for a long time. I just, for sure, it, if it had been in my room with my sister and I, it would have been trashed. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just recently had somebody come up to me and ask me because they said, "Okay, you're." You're into this nerd stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, okay, I've got this friend who, I uh, guess her son has been has been collecting comics since he was a kid, and she's like in her 90s now. So she's trying to figure out what to do with all this stuff. She's asking me how she should go about getting out, uh, getting, you know, the right amount of money for these right. comics. Tell like, her well, you, you know what ten they bucks have? for the lot. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I said, well. T- I, I told her, you know, have have somebody in the know appraise it all. But apparently this person has been collecting, the son had been collecting them for over 50 years. And it was one of the few that, like, bagged and boxed them, or bagged and boarded them. Oh, boy. The minute they bought them. So, like, all of these comics are in near mint condition. Oh, <laughs> and wow. I'm just, I, I was amazed. I was like, wait a minute. Wow. So, so they've been collecting for over 50 years, and they're all... Almost brand new quality. That's like, Silver yeah. Age right there. Seen some of yeah, them. I'm really. just like, wow. Get an Overstreet. If, and if he's got over anything, twenty, you send off to the CGC because yeah. don't they charge twenty two? They I charge about fifteen like bucks that. a how, comic. How much? I remember when I had now? to. Uh, that sounds a little much. Yeah, it, it, it's expensive. Uh, it can be expensive to have the CGC professionally grade uh, comics. All right. Um, I thought it was. You 20. can also go to like auction houses, mm-hmm. and they'll find they'll. You know, connect you with somebody that can do an appraisal of your collection. Mm. Yeah, it it depends on how you want them to do it. You can also go to the sewers of New York. You might get lucky. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that happened to me. I ended up with a whole bunch of uh, like uh, Jack Kirby when he did two thousand one, a Space Odyssey, that oh, adaption wow. and stuff like that. In the, su- <clears throat> in the sewers. Uh, close to my <laughs> uncle, who who is now departed, um, was walking down the street and 
there was a box of comics sitting in a garbage can. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. He literally just pulled them up and brought them back, and my aunt gave them to me years ago. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Did, were they radioactive? Did they give you magical powers? No, unfortunately not. Damn. Damn. Bless the fools of this world. Yeah, really. <laughs> or the angry mothers or yes. girlfriends yes. or whomever. Yep. Bless, <laughs> the, bless the punishments. And the... Well, Jeff, so what, what happened with this? I have not heard anything more on this after they asked me my advice on how to get these this this collection appraised. You know, how do they go about finding out what these are worth? Okay, but, uh, fine. Offer twenty I'm bucks. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to, <laughs> to try to find out more. But uh, go offer your services. But I I just the whole point of it was that I was amazed that somebody has actually been bagging and boarding their comics for more than fifty years. That just amazes me. That I mean, pretty amazing. impressive because most yeah. most people that young would buy it. Read it once, maybe throw it in a drawer somewhere. Uh-huh. Trade them, man. Yeah. That's why. Trade them. That's, that's what I did when Stick I was a kid. Stick them in your back pocket, roll Step it up. Step in, get involved, offer your services. Don't hesitate. For a percentage. For a percentage, yeah. Well, but I'm not an expert. That's the problem. I would have to pretend I'm an Shut expert. Shut up! Barry Ross! <laughs> <laughs> Shut yeah. up! Yeah, really. You are an expert. Well. <laughs> Don't ever Delay. say that It's on again. the internet now. There's no taking it back. <laughs> what did Winston say? If somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Thank you! God <laughs> oh, damn it. Like you didn't watch movies. <laughs> well, continuing down this line of thought. Okay. Uh, eBay user Harpel is willing to part with his entire trailer full of sorted Lego pieces for a minimum of $20,000. Oh, that's love it. This is his listing. Let's cover what is in here in this lot. First, well... First of all, there's every theme you could ask for, and pretty much every piece Lego has ever made. I spent years separating and organizing thousands of pounds of Lego. I weighed everything in their containers, and it all came to around 1,158 pounds, not including the metal cabinet with the Lego instructions. That's right. He kept the instructions. Wow. wow. If you're within 500 miles of Front, what, Frontenac, Frontenac, Kansas... Uh, you're asking me. I'm asking you. <laughs> Frontenac. Does that I've sound never heard to you? of that. I lived in Kansas most of my podunk. life, and I've never heard right, of that city. Well, wow. Let me see. Well, if you're anywhere near Frontenac, Kansas, he'll even huh. drive it to you. Wow. Other, <laughs> otherwise, Ooh. you'll have to pay the shipping. Wow. Of course, if you'd like to pick it up yourself, he's also willing to part with the trailer that houses the lot of them for a mere two thousand dollars more, if that makes your life easier. Now, two twenty dollars per pound. It's a bit steep, considering that Lego offers its basic brick sets for about $30 for two and a half pounds, but it's assumed the extra $8 or so is due to the fact that this lot is full of many figures and modern non-rectangular pieces from licensed sets like Star Wars, Batman, and Harry Potter. Mm, Why does this guy have all this stuff? He's just been collecting all the years. Uh, Some people collect hats. This guy does Lego. Look at look around this room and ask me that again. <laughs> yeah, but okay, you've seen our house too. We collect yes. stuff too, but yes. Lego is just to collect that much Lego. Like I have a couple of Lego pieces of Star Wars Lego stuff, but that's Lisp. like. But that's because it's Star Wars. But there right, are, there it's are like people. the land speeder, you know, and it came with Luke mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. you know. And I Obi-Wan had a friend and... growing up whose father, to win his love after the divorce, bought him every Star Wars toy as it came out. Holy! Wow. Didn't miss a single one. Now most of these things, of course, Damn, why pulled out and played with. <laughs> but most of the boxes are retained, so they could put it back to store it in the box. 
So by the time he was done with high school, he had every single original Star Wars piece. Oh, my God. Because he bought everything that came out and didn't miss a lick. Wow. That's what this guy did, but with Legos. He bought everything as it came out. I mean, every toy genre has somebody that's obsessed with it to the point that they have to have everything. I, mean, I guess. It, you know, just Lego Lego's no so different. Much space. So much space. <laughs> but it comes with a trailer. Oh, okay. It has its own space. It's, it's got its own space. It's in the backyard. Oh, you run it's a Lego trailer. You know, it's made out of Legos. Legos. It's you can live in it. You can build yourself a house. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> and a toilet. Sell it to Legoland. I bet they'll buy it. Can they just make their own? But will they pay for the shipping? That's yeah, the best seriously. Question. They probably yeah. won't. You can, buy your, you can build yourself a car and drive it there. <laughs> yeah, because you can make a workable engine You can only do that with Lego parts. Yeah, yeah. it's not connected. Hey, they, so ha- they, they did have those little uh, engineering Lego sets they had uh, in the 80s, 90s. Mm. So you yep. can do that. Okay, so then you have to pedal your way. All right. So, you know, it'll just be gears and stuff. No, they so, used to come with, weight. like, some of them came with, like, little electric motors that yeah. you could plug in. That's true, too. Oh, terrible. Okay. Get enough of those together, you have yourself in a little electric Lego car. See? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it, like a project. It solves mm. itself. <laughs> some assembly required. Anything with Lego. The new Wolverine film will be directed by Darren Aronofsky. Okay. It will be set in Japan and feature characters like Viper and Silver Samurai, uh, making much homage to the 80s Frank Miller and Chris Claremont interpretation of the character, and it won't be Wolverine 2 or X-Men Origins Wolverine 2. It's just going to be called The Wolverine. Aronofsky also confirmed that the movie will be a one-off, completely contained story. Screen Rant has some very interesting theories as to what this means about the new direction that 20th Century Fox is going with their few remaining Marvel properties. Quote, Aside from simple title changes, new locations, and different stories being told with Wolverine and X-Men First Class, both films have new writers and new directors, big-name talent, no less, to offer a fresh start to what can easily become two long-term and viable spin-off franchises. Perhaps, more importantly to Fox, opening the door to standalone movies about their poster boy character allows for a James Bond-style franchise for Wolverine, which is the appropriate fit for a character who can live through the ages and can work off of one-off films and separated trilogies, etc. Yeah. So they're going to have a new guy for Wolverine then? It's friggin' Aronofsky. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Hmm. Maybe it's just on. Why am I not interested in this? That's a fine question. You're a cynic. Yeah, well, it's probably because <clears throat> he, you're jaded from the other, yeah, the yeah. other X Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, just the third X Men and X Men Origins Wolverine were yeah, not they, the strongest. They were El, they were El Pupoy, yeah. but they were not brought to us by Aronofsky. Well, I know. I'm just saying that's that, probably why he's not interested. Yeah, I, quality mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's up there with Fincher. As far as directors go, in my oh, opinion, I know. Fincher's Wolverine. Wouldn't that be great? Oh. <laughs> and oh. while I agree with you that, you know, Aronofsky being attached is awesome, I can see why Barry's not interested, because those last couple of films left such a bad taste in his mouth that mm-hmm. it's going to take a lot. Of love? A, yeah, a lot of love to get him back into... A lot of Star Wars toys <laughs> as they come out on the market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky has to buy me some Star Wars toys. <laughs> I have my price. A new species of all-female lizard that reproduces via cloning 
has been discovered in the most unlikely places on the menus of a small rural Vietnamese diner. What? Huh? Huh? Go Van Tree, researcher of the Vietnam Academy of Science and Technology, apparently first saw the lizard, now named Leolepidus Nigovantri, in ta- tanks at a diner at which he was eating. He noticed all the lizards were female and contacted friend and herpetologist Dr. Lee Grinsmer, who then flew out to the restaurant in order to confirm the discovery. The restaurant owner said he'd keep a stash of the creatures waiting for the team. When the team arrived at the restaurant in order to examine the lizards, there weren't any left. The owner happened to get drunk and served all the lizards to his customers. The research team decided to hire local children to collect more lizards, and soon the team had more than enough to examine and declared that the lizards were indeed a previously undocumented species. And he's been serving them as a... And he's been serving them at his restaurant for quite a while. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm, Leave it to us humans. species. Let's eat the new stuff. New flavors. What's going in my mouth? (laughs) Yeah, not lizard. That's just kind of gross. This female lizard. And this exact genetic duplicate of the female lizard. (laughs) And yet another duplicate. Wow. They all taste the same. Wow. The replicator was just, you know, working overtime apparently. (laughs) Silicon Alley Insider's Henry Blodgett reports, and the Wall Street Journal confirms, that Google will be giving 10% raises to all 23,000 of its employees effective at the beginning of next year. What? Blodgett reports, moreover, that all employees will also be getting a $1,000 cash bonus for the holidays. This is believed to be at once a morale boost and a way to keep employees from being poached off by the likes of Facebook, etc. Hmm. Per the usual Google MO, the company decided to focus primarily on the salaries rather than bonuses or equity because hmm. that's what data analysts told them to do. The Google employee who leaked the memo has been found and fired. <laughs> you think? So he won't be getting his 10%. And okay. the firings will continue until morale improves. Yeah. yeah. 10% across the board. That's so whatever good. you're working at, at Google, you win. Boy. That's, that's nice. Yeah. Especially yeah. these yeah. days. At Star Trek, it was like 2%. Yeah. I remember well, those days. The county. Yeah. Well, maybe for you guys. Yeah. We didn't really get much in the restaurant. You did good this time. 12 cents. Yeah. 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 No, the county, though, was pretty good. Cost of living, until I stopped doing that, was four each year on your anniversary date. And then you also got your um, performance increase, which was up to five. Now they switched it to you get either zero or four. (laughs) You got to roll the dice, flip a coin, what? No, based on performance. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you're, unless your boss is an ass, you're getting your 4% raise. I still say you should roll a die. Yeah. <laughs> Never leave the chance which you can settle with the roll of the dice. <laughs> that's right. I haven't seen a raise in years. Yes, that's because you work in private industry. <laughs> wow. Hey, you wait, that's not true. You got a raise. Well, but what? only because he became Recently because I, you did what I told you to go tell your boss, "Hey, I'm doing two people's jobs, so I should be getting paid accordingly." Well, no, and he raised your salary. He only raised the salary because he officially became an employee of the company. Before yeah, that, he was different. working that's not for raise. He was working for a staffing agency. Yeah. Oh, that's you didn't tell me this part, wow. <laughs> jackass. That's different, jackass. Yeah, wait till his boss hears he, this. He comes up cast. to me and goes, "Well, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe I won't write the story." <laughs> different story. Sometimes it's, it's forgetting that it's not just this room. <laughs> <laughs> Even as you're holding a mic Ass. in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> 
When J.K. Rowling appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show last month to hint that she had enough material in mind to write three more Harry Potter novels, she made millions happy. But it turns out there was at least one person who wasn't happy at all. Daniel Radcliffe recoiled when he learned of the possibility. Oh, God, she promised me categorically there wouldn't be another book involving Harry, he said, adding that it was very doubtful he'd ever play the character. Well, he's feeling a bit better now, thanks to a text message Rowling sent him shortly after the London premiere of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part 1. Quote, Basically, it mounted to the fact that she felt I had been very good in this Harry Potter film, and as a reward for that, she wasn't going to write any more Harry Potter books. Oh, God. Radcliffe told MTV News, I'm sure she'll be writing other books, but I can pretty much guarantee that Harry will not be a feature. Well, she has... There's... I love Harry Potter, and there's just so much in no. that world. Stop it. There's so much in that world that she doesn't have to have a book about Harry. Anymore. That's true. There's so much going on that she could totally do some offside story. Else. It'd yeah. be very interesting to see how it ran. And if it, you know, if you take him at his word, it just says Harry will not be a feature. So it's very possible it could be the world of Harry Potter series. Absolutely. Or there's a lot going on in that world. Follows, they're just. Follow somebody else. Well, or, or it could be one of his kids because the very last book ended too. as, you know, a glimpse into the future of Harry sending his kids off to Hogwarts. So. Or, you know what? Follow Harry Spoiler Potter. Spoiler alert. <laughs> or, who the fuck? You know what? The book has been Daniel out for a really long time. Thinks. So if you, you don't know? know the ending already, And tough the movie shit. comes out next okay. year. It comes out actually Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the part where Lucky. he sends oh, his kids one. off to Hogwarts. Yeah, that would be yeah. next summer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the part where. So, in, where. Uh, what's. Uh, who dies? The uh, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, this mean? <laughs> they should just make it a series on HBO. They should start from one and then let what David Fincher it? direct it. Oh, <laughs> you know what, Rowling? Go ahead and write about Harry Potter. Keep writing about Harry Potter. Who cares what Daniel Radcliffe thinks? <laughs> did, didn't you? Wow, Torgo, yeah. didn't you He's read that actor. final book at Comic Con? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I sure did. You like? Woke I up. read like the last two books of Comic Con each year. <laughs> I like the fact that Rowling has lots of power. You need writers need more power. Well, but she has nothing to do with the movies. She has everything. To do. Nah, she has some input. There. She had some. She's they the they were writer. asked. No, she's the writer of the book that yeah, has nothing to do, do the with the movie. I know, but they were asking her opinion to make writer. sure it was staying towards you know. She the was story. a consultant on without the, movies, the writer. Consultants no don't have to oh, listen to. Oh boy, they, you've got a lot to learn about Hollywood. Yes, you do. Barry. And if she doesn't write the books, they're not going to make movies. They're going to make shitty movies. No, yeah, well, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> anyway, what are they going to do? Make Harry Potter part? What is it? You're right. How many books are there? I got Seven. one word for you. Seven? It's a word you love. Movie? It's a word you love. Dune. That's your wow. word. Don't say that! Oh, my God. Because Frank <laughs> Herbert had so much say. Herbert. 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 <laughs> Herbert. You what, you, uh, what I mean is, do you think they're going to make another movie that's, uh, that comes after Deathly Hollows? I think they're going to make, make a movie of whatever J.K. Rowling writes next. Yep. Right. If she writes the new dictionary... We're going to get Dictionary the Movie by J.K. Rowling. <laughs> That's fine, but she's got to write something, right? Yeah. Coupon the yeah. movie. Actually, <laughs> Harry she Potter and the too. Enigmatic Matriculation. Yeah. See, J.K. Rowling doesn't ever have to publish a book again. She's made so much freaking money. This is true. Really. The Queen's borrowing money from her. I know. <laughs> so you think you think they'll make Harry Potter movies even with even without her, the not, J.K. Rowling books? They, they own the licensing no. up to a certain point, but after that, hold on, she hold owns on. The character. You didn't answer the question. Oh, there we go. You didn't answer the question. It's all about Barry's licensing. Barry's in Barry mode. 
You didn't answer. It's all about licensing. I can't answer, answer the oh, question. I don't question. know. Hey, hey, hey. Stop giving me shit. What was the question? <laughs> Do you think they'll make Harry Potter movies without Harry Potter books written for them? And I said it depends on licensing because if she owns the yes licensing to the characters. Or no. I can't answer that question, and neither can you, and neither can Kirsten. Please okay? answer the question. Oh, I say no. I can. I just won't. <laughs> I do think they should make an HBO series. I do too. Why are you hitting me? After the book see, would be great. See, you're just getting angry because you won't answer the question. You're trying to you're beating <laughs> answer me. Answer the question, Claire. On. <laughs> <laughs> only one question. No! I never did it! <laughs> uh, it sucks being right sometimes. I never did it either. In Marvel TV news, the Hellboy director and the Battlestar Galactica producer are teaming up to bring the Hulk to ABC in the fall of 2012. What? The new Hulk series will be likely an origin story featuring an energized 20-something Bruce Banner. And while the various Hulk movie Hulks have been entirely CGI, the series will use a mixture of prosthetics, puppetry, and CGI to realize Banner's alter ego. The design of which will be overseen by Benicia... Benicia Del Wow, no. really? Yeah, I'm not Holy mackerel, he's branching no. out. <laughs> he is God. By who? Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The two the two men will develop the pilot episode story together, with Ike doing the scripting and del Toro directing. Quote Del Toro, I have always been attracted by the combination of comic book heroics and monsters, Jack Kirby's Demon, or DC's Dead Man, or Marvel's Doctor Strange, Morbius, Metamorpho, Mike Mignola's Hellboy, etc. Boy, he knows his shit. And uh, he's Del Toro tried to get the Hulk up and running as a feature almost a decade ago, but focused on Blade Two instead. The Hulk would most likely premiere in fall of 2012's on the heel of Joss Whedon's The Avengers. So yes, there is muscle behind this. Will he go from like town to town, getting angry with people? I hope so, and I hope at the end he's hitchhiking to a sad song. And he must let the world believe that he is dead. Yes, <laughs> damn straight. Wait, wait, play this. Play the sad song at the end of the Hulk, you know, like when he has the backpack and he has to walk away. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Del Toro doing Doctor Strange. I'd pay to see that. I would too. Oh, yeah. Why is Doctor Strange a second string character? I don't get it. You know what? Marvel doesn't even uh, do a regular comic of him anymore. Hasn't for a long time. They did a miniseries a couple years ago and... They, they they always put out a series and it, it crumbles after a while. Doctor I think Strange it's I think it's Doctor Strange. Marvel's problem with Doctor Strange, in my opinion, is he's Superman without kryptonite. Yeah, he's, he's he is so damn powerful. Yeah, he's monster power. that they lose control of the stories and the writers just don't know where the hell to go. Yeah, you know, because I mean, like the current run in the Avengers, he's no longer Sorcerer Supreme. He's passed that on to someone else, and he's like trying to coach them through and everything. And it's 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 a weird story. I assume he'll, you know, he'll he'll be back, but yeah, I think he's Superman without kryptonite, and they just don't know what the hell to do. Maybe that's that's good for Marvel just to pass him on because Marvel's always been about, and I think we've mentioned this before. Marvel's always been about regular Joes, where DC's always been about gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter what movie Harrison Ford is promoting. The interviewers will also bring the conversation around to Star Wars hitting with questions that he answers reluctantly. And we usually don't hear anything new very often, but in a recent interview, Ford revealed that if he'd had his way, the character that made him famous would have been killed. Speaking with ABC News about his new movie, Morning Glory, 
Ford was asked why there were no new Star Wars films featuring Han Solo, and he explained that not only was there no reason for the character to return, but also, quote, as a character, he was not so interesting to me. I thought he should have died in the last one just to give it some bottom. George Lucas didn't think there was any future in dead Han toys. Why are they still asking him about Han Solo? I know. Who who are these asshat reporters who are asking him about Han Solo? <laughs> People who didn't hear the last interview where he was asked about Han Solo and he said, I mean, it's old news. We all... How many, how many decades ago did all of us here in this room first hear he wanted Han to die? And George Lucas said, no, it's old news. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was Let just, it out. I was, um, the, the, whole, uh, the whole Han Solo toys thing, because uh-huh. there was that, uh, that book that came out that had the interview with Gary Kurtz. His old producer from yeah. the, the original trilogy, yeah. and Kurtz was talking about how why, ago, why right? he yeah. yeah, and he 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 went his separate ways. Especially, he was losing interest in Star Wars when in Return of the Jedi was really becoming obvious that it was more about the toys, and that's when Kurtz said, "Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, they make two or three times more off of the toys than the movies." And of course, right there, I plotted because <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that explains a whole lot of what oh, Lucas yeah. is doing. Right. If, if that kind of money's involved. Right. It's three times as much as the movies on toys. Yeah. And yeah. he owns all of that. Yeah, he does. Holy simoleons. So, yeah. So, and that's when Kurt went his separate ways, and he wasn't involved with the prequels, mm-hmm. which really shows. Yeah, it does. Mark Hamill, actually, uh, there's the quote in there that uh, when Kurtz and uh, Lucas went their separate ways, it was like mommy and daddy getting a divorce uh, amongst the cast and crew. They really felt. And uh, what's his name? That's a producer on the the current trilogy. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the the ultimate yes man. I can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry. I I I I go back to le- red letter media, so I keep thinking of oh, fuck you, Rick Berman, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick McCallum. Rick, Rick McCallum. Thank you. Yeah. Like, like if you ever see any interviews with McCollum, it's like it just he's it, like he can't take his lips off of George ass. George's ass. I mean, it just. It, Everything or George Ass, for that matter. Yeah. No. Yeah, or the, but you did see the red letter media where he he actually used the behind the scenes footage when he's commenting on it, and he cuts when he's making his criticisms. He'll cut back to that one scene in the screening room mm-hmm. where yep. McCallum is sitting in the back row, looking a little shell shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and it was he. It's great, and it's a it's a masterful editing. It because really is. It, but yeah, so. Fuck you, Rick Berman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, less than a year ago, DC Comics made a big deal over the fact that J. Michael Straczynski would be taking over two of its top titles. In an unexpected development, the Babylon 5 creator announced he'd be leaving both Superman and Wonder Woman monthly comics. Turns out the problem wasn't with either DC Comics or Straczynski, but the evolving nature of comics themselves. The pamphlet comic, which has been in the primary form of comics delivery system since the beginning, has become less and less significant over the years, with some even predicting its eventual death. Straczynski's Superman Earth-1 graphic novel was an instant sellout. Went immediately into the second printing and got lots of media attention, which obviously got Straczynski's attention too, so he's decided from now on, graphic novels is where he'll be focusing his scripting efforts. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think of that? I would hate to see the you know the monthlies go away, but I'll admit I am not a monthly comic reader. Mm. I no, we I like the like, trades because it gives you a lot more to read in exactly, one sitting. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I I I know I've said this before, but I just 
cannot stand waiting, you know, six to 12 months for a story to wrap up. I will wait till it's done, buy it in its graphic novel form, and read it all typically in one or two sittings. Because I need to have my beginning, middle, and end available to me when I want to read it all. I agree. Which is and why I've just... never read The Wheel of Time by Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be finished soon. Yeah, I got it. I have the second to last book right here. I've been, yeah. starting, I've been reading it. Don't even get it. Yeah, but, it's I mean, it's interesting. Know. I think it, it'd be interesting to see if the, the monthly format actually really did just vanish entirely. Because... I think that the monthly supports trade paperbacks and graphic well, yeah. novel I mean, sales. That's, that's what you know, they there, are. There's a similar thing going on in the in the writing community. I've been noticing online where they talk about writers who are actually posting stuff like short stories or mm-hmm. entire novels online for free, and then that ends up driving sales yeah. of the actual published product. But the argument there is that some people feel it's more successful for the established authors. Yeah. And new authors coming out, they actually caution, guys, don't put your stuff out there for free right. because, because you're going to end up screwing yourself. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, want, I look at that dynamic and what, you're, what we're saying here about the monthlies, and I'm wondering how much does the monthly drive the actual graphic novel and trade sales? And if, I don't know that it would vanish entirely, but right. where, where would the, the balance come into play? And also, where do the smaller independent outfits fit into all this? Well... They, they do well. They do graph. I mean, they uh, do graphic they, novels, but yeah, they all, but they do both. They also do the their own monthly, which introduces people to these yeah, titles. Yeah, I mean, and well, gets them they, there's in my the point novel. there. Yeah, because I mean, you've got like uh, uh, your Kickass trades and your Scott Pilgrim collections and stuff like that. And I'm using those examples deliberately. Sure. And I think that the I think that uh, yeah, I mean, they do sell. I want. I don't actually know the exact numbers though. It really seems to me that when I was younger, and, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like they used to do a lot of, the the monthlies used to be one-off stories that would be finished within either that that Mm -hmm. one issue or it it would cross over to the next month's issue and then it was done. Yeah. But now it seems like these big, long story arcs. Well, I see, a lot of them recently have, they take the opportunity to turn the graphic novel into the extended story of what used to be a TV show and or movie series, yeah. like Buffy. That's one of my favorites, and mm-hmm. I love the graphic novels because it continued the show. I mean, it took off right, from where right. the last season ended. But the whole, I mean, so far, I think it's on, oh, God, I don't even know. I've been collecting the trades, and it's up to trade seven, and each trade has, what, five to eight comics, something like that in it. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and it's still not over. I mean, yeah. it's still going, so... I was less bothered by when they would do, you know, an individual story in a monthly, but they would lay the foundation for like a year-long story arc where, you know, little bits in each comic continued mm-hmm. through to a, you know, say mm-hmm. a end of the year big monster compilation or uh, an, an a story. annual if you will. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That, you know, it but you could read each one of these separately and go, "Okay, I'm satisfied. The story mm-hmm. that I just read is done and over. It's given me little bits of clues for the overall arcing story, but I don't need that. Well, and now it's it's like to be continued in each comic, and you're like, crap. Well, well as a and this is a personal taste thing. Um, sure, that's when I got out of comics because I was tired of that. 
well, I'm not invested all that much beyond this comic. And, and it's they had to wrap it up so quickly that nothing could really truly develop. Right. And th- those arcs were few and far between in the 90s, crap and somewhat non-existent. Mm. But once they started moving into this gigantic superhero soap opera that they've become where one leads into another and this one crosses over this into year-long events, um, that's when I started to get interested again. Because I was like, okay, here's a story that's going to be long enough and deep enough to actually mean something instead of bad guy appears, gets hit, the end, next comic. Right. It's almost and like you reading buy a the novel. Trades. Yeah. And I buy the trades. But, I do too. but sometimes I buy the small ones, mm-hmm. particularly with new comics, yep, to see if I'm won't. interested in right. Then after a couple right. of them, I was like, you know what? I like this story. I'll buy the trade when it comes. Mm-hmm. Right. I, can, I, can, I can see that. I mean, you had you had marketing start taking over in like the eighties and nineties, sure. and that's where you got like the empty crossover mania and mm-hmm. the stupid things like that. Ugh. The bastardization of the annual. Well, that's when the because the big... annual used to be cool. Because back in the the Silver Age, Lee Kirby especially would do two or three issue arcs, mm-hmm. and then the annual was special because it was one complete story. Yeah, and boy did they abandon that. Annuals eventually became yeah. crossovers Atlantis where they attacks. were. Oh, and they, yes, yeah. and oh, it was just awful. Yeah, that's when you so, had these these people with with business degrees suddenly taking mm-hmm. over now Marvel my, and DC versus you know people that are like, okay, I I my, get what the whole comic thing is about. And they start looking at the bottom line. How can we increase yeah. our profits? My only, my my only thing now is the the, the rapidly changing na- nature of creative teams. I really can't stand being in the middle of something and boop. Oh, you know this artist, he's gone <laughs> off to something better and greater, or right. he's you know, or boop. This writer is he's he's leaving off, and new writers taking over. And then the story noticeably changes because new writer, new artist can't wait to get to what they want to do. And wrap up this thing, right? Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> and that's the thing that bugs me because the creator continuity, which is one of the reasons why the independents tend to be so much more gripping, mm-hmm. because you know when you when you know when you pick up the boys, you got Garth Ennis. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's no one else is going to be writing that, and so on and so forth. Like you know, well, Kick Ass, just to throw out uh, an you know an independent that everybody okay. references through the movie. So. Creator continuity is a main concern for me now. Sure. Anyway. Well, I was really excited. The last We went into the comic store last week, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite um, book series, the Bartimaeus Trilogy, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's really good. It's Long story short, it's, it's like a three-book series, and it's based on, in England and London, and it deals with you know sorcerers and stuff, but the whole thing is they run the government, so you can't have a position in, in power in the government unless you are a wizard. Okay. Um, and their power comes from summoning demons. Well, they made the first Fine. book into a graphic novel. I was very excited because it's actually the whole novel in graphic novel form. It's very Love cool. It. I know. I was very excited. <laughs> it's indie press, though. It's it's. Um... No, Disney put it out. Disney. Disney. Disney, Disney mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, they Stephen King opted. Gunslinger, The Stand, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Cards Ender's Game. They're they're uh, they're the new classics illustrated. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Jay Lee was just at uh, Alternate Reality Comics this weekend. Yeah, because Ralph had a grand opening sale for his new store. <laughs> oh, that's that right. reminds me of the Illustrated Bible. I just like I just like uh, graphic novels. I just like trades because I can display the spines on my. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> yeah, that it doesn't have to be face spines. forward, which is. 
yeah. which is annoying and it's easier to. Well, and they take up a lot. Overall, they take space. up a lot less space mm. for yeah. what you're getting. Did you did you did you ever read the illustrated Bible stories when you were a kid? Oh God! Little it's little comic books based on the individual stories in the Bible. No, yes. I had the non-illustrated Bible stories. Oh, it was called the Bible. I. The Red. power of imagination. Yeah. Make your own images. Although I did, I did just buy uh, R. Crumb's uh, Genesis. Oh, <laughs> good times, good times. And speaking of good times, okay, maybe not so much. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis, the film producer, died in Los Angeles Thursday. Oh, age of ninety-one. Uh, De Laurentiis. Uh, here's a few examples of his work: uh, Barbarella, yes, Death Wish. Yes! King Kong, the 76 with Brett, Jeff Bridges version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flash, the movie. Flash Gordon. Uh, Flash. Co- Conan the Barbarian and the Destroyer. Uh, Dead Zone. Dune. Cats yes! Eye. Yes! <laughs> Maximum Overdrive and Army of Darkness. Hells well, yeah. DC had a really good, you know, filled life. Over 500 movies he made. Wow. Yeah. Conan. Right. Wow. 91. And finally, Viacom has confirmed it is looking to sell original Guitar Hero and Rock Band developer Harmonix Music Systems following a year during which the sale of rhythm games and their peripherals took a sharp dive. Reports indicated that the recently released Rock Band 3 failed to move more than 7,000 units in the United Kingdom during the first week of release. The Wall Street Journal indicated over the last several quarters the performance of Harmonix has weighed down on Viacom's overall company performance. John Drake, head of PR at Harmonix, has confirmed that the studio is indeed being sold, but was unable to specify any interested parties. He did indicate that several potential buyers are currently in negotiations, and that existing franchises such as Rock Band and Dance Central would remain unaffected. Viacom has indicated it intends to continue to support the studio until the sale is finalized. Hmm. Wow. I wonder why. It's. Uh, I think it's, it's about money. I think it's a genre that's run its course. I, I think it's. Uh, it's a mixture of uh, plastic peripherals that constantly needed to be upgraded as each one went, and right. oversaturation because we went from having like one a a year to having three different versions of Guitar Hero. Well, and um, rock band and rock band and, putting and out their yeah. individual band now. groups. And uh, Guitar Hero is really good. They had five releases in one year in the, the Hero series. Yeah, there's that new one now too. There's that and new that one guitar did thing. horribly. No, there's a new one right now. Yeah, the what new is- Guitar Hero sold under a hundred thousand. No, there's a new guitar thing. I saw it in GameStop. Oh, 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 the 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 one where you play the guitar. That Power Jig. Yeah. yeah. Power Jig. You to play it for real. That game. Uh, the last review I saw was three point five out of ten. Never mind. <laughs> the game is is just. Crap. Never mind. So it riddled like, with fail, but it does feature Kid Rock in it. So oh, that's gotta be a cowboy. Yeah. So it sounds like they found their market. They found the market number, the the number of people who are going to be interested in that, yeah. and and you can only pile on so much right. by this new 107 button, whatever the hell. And well, the, the problem is they kept going. There was. Um, Little in the way of innovation. That's why I was so excited by Rock Band 3 because With the pro guitar. there's so much innovation in right. that one. But I honestly believe it could very well be the last one. Mm. It and, it doesn't, and it doesn't need another one. 
I, yeah, I don't think it does either. I mean, as long as they keep releasing music, music. on it, yeah. right. and, that's and, really the only thing I'm interested and in. And that's been a to big purchase. cash cow for them. That's really been the financial driver in this. Because right? I look to my right here and see all of our old broken guitars now that, you right. know. Well, that's because you bought the Who add-on pack. <laughs> well... It's it's uh, only because somebody keeps playing it on all right, well, expert wait, mode. Wait a minute. Okay, so if, if it's weighing it down, but their real money is just in releasing music, so I'm not mm-hmm. understanding what what what's the problem? Where, where, they're losing money on the peripherals. The software they they pawned off peripherals to Mad Cats. They're okay. no longer even making the okay. guitars. All right. All right. Mad Cats, a third party group, is so now it's making peripherals that are so peripherals so we're are over saturated with peripherals. Okay. Or are we over innovated? People are it? people are bots. Uh, people are no longer buying the software because they're happy with them. what they have. They've had enough. Why do I need more of what I already have? Right. Yeah. So are we just? It's re- it's reached its saturation. See, point. the only oh, one okay. I ever personally wanted to buy was the Beatles. Other than mm-hmm. that, I just you know friends who had it. I would play at their house if they had it, and that was fine for me. I didn't mm-hmm. need to. So what you we know? said like years ago is coming true. We just want to get back to the buttons. Just get back to the controller. It's not back to the controller. It's back to a game that has a story. Well, for it's me. Not, not even back to. We're talking. It's apples oranges. They all, they can all exist in the same market. Well, yeah. It's just that they don't need a new game. They just need when to it comes more down music. to it, there's I think near fifteen of these games now. Fifteen of the same basic game. When it comes down to it, just a new sound to it, and then more <clears throat> bells and whistles added as time's gone on. It's not a different game. Except right. for Rock Band 3 with its pro mode. It is a little different now. Yeah. Well, on the keyboard and stuff. Right. It's, it's the same damn game. It's but when it comes down to it, it is the same game. And people realize, do I want to spend 60 bucks on a new track pack? Yeah. No. no. So it's, 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 it's a genre that's run its course. Many yeah. genres have in the past. And yeah. it will rear its head again when someone figures out a way to do it different. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. for right now, I think you're going to see it wane and fall and rise again sometime in the future. I'll buy Rock Band 3 when we're ready to buy Rock Band 3. We oh, you'll buy it now, mister. You can play with me, goddammit. Yeah, we'll just, buy when we're damn well good and ready. Yeah, if you can find it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! We, we hesitated. We, did, we didn't buy Rock Band 2. We didn't buy Rock Band 1. We'll buy Rock Band 3. And you were smart. We Very waited, smart. we waited, we waited. Except, Finally. Well, except, except we got Rock Band Beatles, but... And what's great Beatles is all those old instruments you got for your Guitar Hero shit works just fine. Uh, oh wait! You bought the Beatles pack, the whole oh. thing, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Never mind, that works too. Yeah, so much. I'm waiting for hero, Rock Band uh, Groupie, so the hologram that blows uh, you in drums. between sets. I think that's being released by Vivid. All right, <laughs> <Hey. laughs> so much Guitar Hero World Tour drums. That's probably for the best. Yeah, really, because you can you still use the other drums with shit tastic. Yeah, you only need, <laughs> you'll need one set of drums. I'll talk to the kid. Yeah, that's right. The kid across the cross street. Sale. That kill buy anything. God bless neighbors. Yep. And that brings us to the big list. Big Yay! list! Yay! What's the big list this week? The top ten valuable video games. Hmm. I'm Mark Hill from Top Tens. Wow. Uh, of all time? As in, as in like, of the all most time? rare yeah, and they're worth the most. Yeah, this, these are the games that are worth the most. Now, if, games. Are we talking console games? We're talking... We're talking console games. We're talking cartridges... We're talking cartridges, really, when it comes down to it. Oh, okay. On this list. Are we taking, uh, we taking guesses here? Or we well, here, we'll here. Okay, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Throw me some guesses. This is a... Uh... I know what was the first game ever for 
the... Oh, I got nothing. You got nothing? All right. I, I got <laughs> nothing. You got nothing? That was fine guesses, gentlemen. Good I could take what? some what? guesses, but... some shots in the dark? I, I would mean, say, like, the original eye, games yeah. made for Atari 2600 and mm, for... you got to think rare know. here. Rare? Not the company. I was going to say. So what? <laughs> so gold Rare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Packed in mylar in mint condition. That helps. Mm. Smurfs. Smurfs. Most old video games aren't worth much money. I already know. You I already, can I already know. buy yourself a pretty decent collection of games from the 80s with a few bucks and a trip to the flea market. Yep. But there's a select few games that are so rare, collectors are willing to pay hundreds, even thousands of dollars for the chance to put them in a display case and never play them. <laughs> I'm going to whisper it to Deb, and then you can tell me if uh, I'm right. Here it is. Oh, yeah, I heard it. I heard it. All right. I heard I know it. And we'll find out. Number 10, Pepsi Invaders. Pepsi, Pepsi Invaders? Pepsi Invaders sounds like the name of Pepsi's many failed product lines, but it's actually a game for the Atari 2600 commissioned by Coca-Cola for their 1983 sales convention. The game is little more than Space Invaders with the aliens replaced by the letters that spell out Pepsi. Never intended for commercial release, only the 125 attendees of the convention received a copy. Wow. The number Whoa. of cartridges that survived to this day is unknown, but the most recent one surfaced was snapped up on eBay for $2,125 in early 2010. Wow. Wow. Existed. Number nine. This one blew my mind. I didn't know this existed. Number nine. Ultima. Escape from Mount Drash. Huh? <laughs> Escape from Mount Drash is a game for the Commodore VIC-20, a very oh, primitive computer from the early 80s. An obscure game for an obscure machine. Only 13 copies hmm. of the 3,000 wow. that were manufactured are confirmed to be in existence today. When it first came out, the game was a commercial disaster. The VIC-20 was like the Commodore 64's bastard cousin. Yeah. Well, it's, it was their first attempt, and it just... It was sorely lacking, which is why they yeah. went on to make the 64. Yeah. I knew Tell one person this. that had it. Yeah, yeah my, my friend Greg down the street had it when Go I was Greg. growing up. And then I got Tell me about this game. Well, rumors are that one retailer even dumped its unsold copies off, off a cliff. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> but today, the game is worth around $2,500 to serious collectors. Nice. No doubt making the guy who offered the, offered the cliff toss feel like an idiot. Mm. Number eight, a game called Mr. Boston. Like Mr. the bartender's guide? Yes, Mr. Boston, a promotional game given out by the now-defunct liquor company of the same name, is a name game for the Vetrex, another machine that will be unfamiliar to anyone who's not a huge nerd. Nerd! <laughs> Mr. Boston is just a slightly edited version of another Vetrex game called Clean Sweep, which in turn is a knockoff of Pac-Man, which makes Mr. Boston, Boston the least creative video game ever made, with only four copies known to exist... The highly unoriginal Mr. Boston is worth about $3,000. Huh. Four copies. Gravy. Wow. Number seven, game called Air Raid. Air Raid! It's one of the rarest Atari 2600 games. Air Raid was the only pro product of Menavision, who presumably shut down once they realized how bad their name was. <laughs> Re released in 2600 heyday as a lazy attempt to cash in on its success, few copies were ever made before Air Raid faded into obscurity. With only 13 cartridges known to exist, it's worth about $3,000. But what's really impressive is that one copy, combined with the only known original box, recently sold for a staggering $31,600. Oh my god. Not a typo? Somebody paid more than the cost of a new car for a cardboard sleeve. 
So don't throw the boxes away, kids. Holy mother of God. Wow. Number Crazy. six. Atlantis 2. Was there no one? I did. I had it on the Atari 2600. It was a hard-ass <laughs> game. Uh-huh. They had contests for this game. So, well, in fact, that goes into the, another 2600 game. Atlantis 2 wasn't even commercially available. The original Atlantis was popular, and its creators held a contest to win a trip to Bermuda. Whoever sent them a photo of the highest score won. But so many people got a perfect score that they had to break the tie with a more difficult sequel sent only to those who had mastered the first game. Compounding its rarity is the fact that the game cart looks exactly the same as the worthless original Atlantis, making Atlantis 2 even harder to find. So, if you ever see what looks like a copy of Atlantis at a garage sale, go ahead, fork out the couple of bucks. It could actually be worth $6,000. Wow. (laughs) That's a return on investment. Yeah. There you go. Just a little. Yeah. Number five, we're going to switch up the console. Ultimate 2. Ultimate? Oh, wait. It's Ultimate 11. I, I figured it was Roman. <laughs> it's not Roman. Ultimate 11 is a soccer game for the Neo Geo, an obscure console from the early 90s. The Neo Geo attracted a small, very dedicated group of fans, and there are quite a few series collectors out there. This, combined with the fact that a lot, of, a lot of Neo Geo games were made in limited numbers, makes several of them highly coveted. Ultimate 11 is the second most valuable Neo Geo game. Each of its 10 copies is worth... About ten thousand dollars. Wow. Oh, I remember the Neo Geo because you could take it and play your games in the arcade. That was the original expensive ass console. Yeah. Didn't you have one of those, Barry? Didn't you say that? No, I had an NEC, the TurboGrafx sixteen. Uh. Somebody said they had a Neo Geo in there. Uh, no, uh, that was expensive. Kazuna Couldn't encounter. your dad have gotten it for you? Yeah, I knew a guy, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kazuna Encounter is the most valuable Neo Geo game, at a cost of up to $13,000. It's believed that only 15 copies of the English version were made, although the Japanese version is both identical and common, making it accessible to casual collectors. English copies are for the richest and most obsessive. In late 2009, somebody paid a mind-blowing $55,000 for both Kazuna Encounter and Ultimate Eleven. The buyer said he'd never consider selling them at any price... So you'll just have to set aside your dreams. Start saving for a house instead. Wow. But he was wearing socks when he carried them and the static electricity destroyed the cartridge. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Number three, we move into Nintendo territory. The final three games, all Nintendo. They each have a unique story behind them. Stadium Events is the name of this one, made by a company called Bandai. And it made use of their family fun fitness mat, a soft plastic controller that players would run and jump on to make their track athlete move. Nintendo bought the rights to the game and the mat, rebranded them, and ordered the original to be pulled from the shelves and destroyed. But 200 copies were sold before Nintendo could track them down, and although only 20 at most are believed to exist today, one copy recently sold for $13,105. The box alone can fetch $10,000, and a sealed copy sold in February 2010 went for $41,300. Oh that was the track and field game they did, wasn't it? Uh, that well, they rebranded. Not qu- close. To put that in perspective, it's the cost of about 600 Xbox 360's game or, you know, a couple of cars. Meanwhile, the rebranded game, World Class Track Meet, okay. is worth 10 bucks. 
Same game, different name. <laughs> wow. What's, That's well, like the just, Revenge okay, of the Jedi poster. It's just like the, yeah. there's, a, there's a Beatles album, a record album that... Is it the Babies? Yeah. yeah. The original album cover is worth thousands and thousands of dollars, but the, the one that they printed most of is worth like Man, 10 bucks. Weird. Well, yeah. Rarity. Yeah. Revenge of the Jedi. I remember when I bought my Millennium Falcon, it had a sticker over it that said Return of the Jedi, and one day I peeled it off. And underneath it said, Revenge of the Jedi. Really? And oh. I thought that was the weirdest thing. Because, you know. Please like, tell me you kept it. No, I didn't. I was, I was like 10 at the time. Yeah. I didn't know. It was we cool. sold a lot of that, ours. That cool. my, my older sister had the original you know, Ewok box. Village, the original one. And we sold that a long time ago. I wish we had I, I remember in the 80s visiting for the summer, visiting some friends. And we were in a movie shop and there was a revenge of the jedi poster for like a hundred bucks and oh, oh. i always wish i'd gotten that sucker oh, well. well number two nintendo campus challenge in the early 90s nintendo held a series of competitions across the united states one of these was the campus challenge where nintendo representatives visited 58 colleges in 1991 players would try to get the highest score in a special cartridge the challenge was a mix of three different games lasting just six minutes total the winner at every college got a free trip to Disney World where they played in a championship. Again, showing their love of needless destruction, Nintendo ordered all copies eliminated once the event was complete. <laughs> but one copy hung on one sorry, one employee hung on to his copy. Really? Eventually selling it at a garage sale in two thousand six for one thousand dollars. At a garage sale? In wow. July of two thousand nine. It sold on eBay for 14000 and three months later, it was put up in auction again, this time bringing 21100 It's probably off the market for good now, although maybe another cartridge is floating around in some Nintendo employee's basement. Mm, wow. And number one, the most rare, Nintendo World Championship. Called it. <laughs> the Holy Grail of Video Games. Called it. Did you ever have it? <laughs> yeah, because I fucking won the world championships in Nintendo. Nintendo World. I think there was going to be something that I would have mentioned to you before now, given my status as a uber fucking nerd. <coughs> the Nintendo World Championships is very similar to its college finger. counterpart. <coughs> this was a competition that toured 30 cities in the 19, in 1990. There were three age categories, and the winners in every city were taken to Universal Studios Hollywood. The champions of each age group got $10,000, a new car, a 40-inch TV, and a gold-plated Mario trophy. Not a bad haul for mastering six and a half minutes of three different games. Do you see any of those things in our house? No. Okay. (laughs) 116 cartridges were made for the competition, 96 gray and 20 gold. The gray ones are worth a mere $6,000 at most, but it's the gold copies that attract the truly serious collectors. They've gone for as much as 21000 and are generally considered to be the most sought-after and treasured video games on the planet. There are some other wow. things that are not on that list, and I don't know how much they go for, but they are prototype games oh, put yes. out by Nintendo. Uh, I, think that, I think to be on this list, you, they had to be like made, made in, in at least right. somewhat mass-produced, at least in limited qualities, quantities yeah. at least. The prototype games are also very sought after. It's hard to gauge your value. Uh, that's yeah. the other thing I mentioned. That's um, true. That is Good hard. luck finding prototype games. That's true. eBay. eBay. Yeah. And that's a big list, and that is Geek Shock this week. So, uh, you like what you hear? Write us. Comments at UglyCatShow.com or write us in the comments section right under the Geek Shock there. You just hit the button. Talk to us. We like your talking. Yes. If you know anyone who has one of those gold or gray cartridges, take a picture. I want to see it. 
I want to talk to them. Barry wants to see. <laughs> he wants to talk to them. Talk quote. Talk he wants to, to drool. Them. <laughs> yeah. I want to drool all over. Send their name and address and, uh, and their when work, they go to work. Their work and, schedule uh, and. Uh, yeah. Pass code to the. Uh, to the alarm and yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. Frail <laughs> family members. <laughs> Where their children go to school. <laughs> just be a friendly visit after all, you know. And that's your weekend geek. I'm Master Torgo. I'm Doctor Vlark. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. And Deb. Hey, let's play again next week, shall we? Wait, I'm not going to pay that much for a cartridge. I will. No, of course you're not. He'll camel pay. Camel will. He'll pay that much to have someone kill. Camel will. I have a camel. You have a camel. Would you like to hear my Talk camel? Talk to me, camel. Bring it This is the camel of doom. You know how much this is clashing with the closing music right now? It totally is clashing with the closing music. The camel wants the cartridges. Sorry, everybody, for the ugly audio mess going on. Ah! I don't know how you're allowing him to do that. You won't even let me use my soundboards. <laughs> it's because as soon as we leave, it goes with us. Yes. Uh, it doesn't stay in the apartment. If you give me cartridges made of gold, this wouldn't happen.